With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. I'm Brandon and on the other line it's my co-host Josh. Josh, was there a Poku jersey under the Christmas tree this year? Oh yes, home, away, and uh, second Sunday away. Three different jerseys. And now did you get the shorts and the socks as well? I did, yes. <laughs> true, the whole, true. The whole set. The whole kit. True and, and story. A trip to, and a trip to Ghana to meet his family. <laughs> So wow. it's, it's incredible. It's a whole, it's a real Poku festival, uh, <laughs> festival of fun this Christmas. You can find that on NYCFC's uh, online shop. It's the Poku gift basket. <laughs> the, po- the Poku total immersion experience. <laughs> <laughs> where you, where you get to wear Poku's face for, for a few weeks. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like Silence of the Lambs. It's actually, it's a little, it's a little disturbing. It is. That is disturbing. Now, true story. Uh, I asked for a Fulham shirt uh, one Christmas, which my mother did oblige. And I opened the the wrapping and I found the the jersey, the home jersey. And I was like, oh, mom, this is so great. Fulham shirt. And then underneath, she's like, wait, there's more. And underneath was a pair of uh, <laughs> official Adidas socks. And I was kind of like, oh, what am I going to do with these? I mean, First of all, if you gave me the shorts and the socks, then I'd be a full kit wanker, and wait. that's no good. But here now, you've just given me the socks. So, in what context am I going to wear these socks? Are they the kind of socks that you like pull up like like above the knee, like like super serious, like official? No, these sock? are these are like the official Adidas socks, uniform socks, like that the players wear over their shin guards. Oh wow, interesting. Okay, <laughs> so next time we play, next time we play pickup in the park. 
Maybe I should just uh, go full full on kit. Minus, but I'll wear my cut off jean shorts instead. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> all right. So uh, beyond beyond all our stories of gift giving, we do have a lot to cover because hey, it's been a while since since we've wrapped at you. We've and we've uh, missed three game weeks. Well, I, we, I shouldn't say we missed them because we, we we previewed all three game weeks at once. Uh, That's true. Always cheating. Was, uh, the always cheating pod didn't leave you hanging. I mean, it would have been a bit of a technical challenge, I think, to like to get these up in time for anybody to actually find them useful. You know, I mean, with like especially the the the, the game week in between the twenty sixth and the twenty eighth, that was kind of a kind of a fast turn. We could have done one the next week, but uh, you know, laziness really got in the way. <laughs> I think <laughs> some call it logistics, other call it laziness. It was uh, a little bit of yeah, a little bit of all three. So on the whole, I don't know what the third one. It's a little bit of all two. How do you feel you did over the last three weeks? Just how did Josh Landon's team do? Was it a net gain or a net loss? I had a great start. Uh, the first, the first game. Yeah, you know, honestly, I had, I think I had a little hubris. I think, I think my my hubris was my downfall this time. Uh-huh. Uh, I uh, which is which is amazing considering how humbled you've been throughout <laughs> most of the season. So I had a great game week eighteen. Um, I had a, uh, a a little bit of a of a differential captain in Harry Kane. Not a huge differential, but but not one of the people that everybody was was picking that game week. Uh, so Harry Kane had a big week. I had Kevin De Bruyne who had a big game week. Had a couple clean sheets, and um, everything just really came together that game week. And uh, Mesut Ozil uh, blanked, which is also really important because I don't have Ozil. Right. Um, and now, of course, I should have Ozil, which gets to game week 19. So game week 19 is the first of two game weeks at home for Arsenal. You really needed to have Mesut Ozil for these game weeks. And I and this is where my, my hubris factored in because <laughs> I, I decided that I was going to go for a differential Arsenal player. And I was going to bring in Theo Walcott. And uh, I watched this. I watched game week 19 with you, Brandon. <laughs> yes, and, we were. We did our uh, usual you, trip to the bar where I, I have. Yeah. So what? How was I? Can you can you describe what I was like watching the Arsenal Bournemouth game? Like a, a step removed. Sure. Sure. Um, it was definitely a game of escalation for you, um, as as Theo was getting chance after chance because Ozil um, ball on the string as he has it kept feeding the ball right to him in front of goal. Clear on goal <laughs> in some cases. I I would describe it as you holding a water glass. Through the entire game and your your grip getting tighter and tighter and tighter to the point where uh, I thought you were going to squeeze this glass so it exploded <laughs> and, I know sh- that, and shattering glass everywhere. I know that I, I it was I, I did something which I never do at bars because I, I, I you know I I hate like jockey people who yell at the TV at bars. Uh-huh. <laughs> but at one point at the end of the game, I remember I just for Christ's sake, Theo, I was, so, <laughs> I was just so mad. <laughs> And we were there with with you and uh, and our friend Trevor. And uh, when Mesut scored that goal, you guys, it was a, you, I think you guys could tell I was in full meltdown. Oh yeah, and I have I I am a long supporter of Mesut and my fantasy team, and that was a really powerful moment for my squad. But I bit my tongue. You you did. You and Trevor both. Neither of you said anything. To my credit, I didn't complain either. We all just watched the Walcott score that goal yeah. in, in complete silence at the table. <laughs> I think you, at that point, you went out and to take a walk uh, <laughs> to clear your head for a few minutes. And I remember I saying did. to Trevor at that time, if Hector Bellerin loses this clean sheet, we may never see Josh again. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I, I, I actually went outside and I, I leaned against the wall. 
uh, like around. It was so embarrassing. Like I am like a real like I am thirty. I you know I'm in my mid thirties. Like you, I can't be doing this, right? I mean, this is it's too much. Uh, but uh, you know, I yeah, I pulled myself together. You're a passionate viewer, Josh. You're passionate, passionate viewer. viewer. Passionate viewer. <laughs> pulled was myself. That, it, <laughs> that was an interesting. We were at this uh, bar called the Black Horse Pub on Fifth Avenue in Park Slope, and mm. uh, Arsenal uh, Arsenal Bournemouth was up against Man United Chelsea. Now, what's the marquee fixture there? Obviously, it's Man United Chelsea. Right. And in walks this hardcore gooner. He's got a Dennis Bergkamp jersey on, and he looks like he just came out of a back alley in, like, East London or something like that. Right. Uh, uh, And he was laying into the bar staff for not putting the volume yeah, really giving game. it to them. Really. And this is a Tottenham bar, by the way, too. So they, they were giving no quarter to this guy. And then he kept looking over his shoulder at us because we'd been there since uh, the first round of fixtures. And he looked at me, you, and Trevor and was like, those guys are Spurs fans. They don't care what uh, sound is on. And, um, of course, then I had to say, well, I'm a Fulham fan. And my friend here is an Arsenal fan. <laughs> and our friend Trevor is just really terrible at fantasy football. Um, <laughs> he's actually a Spurs fan. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and he turned out to be sort of a reasonable human being, and he, he collected. Well, it was it was a left. weird mix. It was like there was the reasonable guy and his like crazy friend. There was one guy who was like he was an American with this. I don't know how the two got together. It was like a <laughs> it was like a crazy kind of, like somebody had seen a movie or something. It was like a <laughs> yeah. like, they worked together at the police force. The quiet, mild-mannered American guy, and the other guy who was out of a, like a Martin Amos novel or something. <laughs> it was a crazy combination. <laughs> So uh, yeah, another another famous day out for the always always <laughs> cheating crew. Yeah, uh, so I, I sh- but I, I wish I'd brought in because I you know it's finally you know I I've had like a sort of as we talk about the podcast a lot uh, too much probably uh, like a, just a crazy snake bitten season this year and um, but the the Ozil one I've got I've got a I've got to call I've got to call myself uh, to the mat for that one because I think you really just needed I, I know he blanked in game week twenty but I, I really needed him for for those two game weeks and um, I kind of blew that one uh, and then game week twenty was was a frustrating one because um, I was I went for, for like every, for everybody I yeah think. for everyone so it didn't feel too bad in the end but uh, it was very frustrating because I went with uh, Jamie Vardy as kind of a it's weird to call him a differential captain, but given the way that he's performed the last couple of weeks, I think he, he I mean, kind of his, is. People were dumping him left and right going into that game week. So yeah. um, your logic got, stands, I think. I think he's got a little more blame than he deserves for. I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, he actually, you know, he he should have won the. Uh, he was through. Yes, he was through on goal. Um, you know, in the what the like the twenty fifth minute of game week twenty at home to Bournemouth, I definitely should have scored there. Um, yeah, put it off the post. Yeah, but off the post it was a tricky turn. I mean, to be fair, he he, he it was a good move to even get free. Um, but then he you know then he does he wins the penalty and uh, and then Mares yeah. uh, misses that penalty. So that that one didn't hurt quite as bad because a lot of people captain Mares this week. So. At least they were stuck with a one-pointer, you know, kind of softened the blow a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, so Vardy, I mean, I know we, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but, um, I mean, he's had a bad run of form. But, you know, in one, so so he hasn't scored in four games. Um, and the Bournemouth game was the only time you really felt like he was off, he was off form because, you know, he, he didn't score in the Liverpool game. But that's, that's a way at Anfield. It's a tough place to play. I mean, mm-hmm. I know Liverpool has been very up and down, but sometimes they look they look great under Klopp. Yeah, and hard, hard to hard to make much of that match. Hard to way. make much of that one. Uh, next game week, uh, very tough back and forth game with Manchester City. 
no, no, there's no shame in not scoring against Man City, right? I Absolutely mean, uh, not. Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, and again, they've been giving away some goals, but that was the kind of match. Neither team wanted to lose that match, so yeah. it was you know it was like a Mourinho match, you know, just like a, a draw suited both teams fine. Yeah, um, and uh, and then the other match, which is the one I'm forgetting about right now, I think it was um, Bournemouth zero zero. No, I think I guess it was the week before that. Um, he didn't score uh, the week before that either, but um, oh, against had, against Everton. Yeah, but he had two assists, but, so he right, picked up eight yeah. points. Um, yeah. So you know, so it's it's not. So he has three games with with three two pointers. Uh, not fantastic, but uh, the fixtures do get a little bit. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Are you are you are you, pl- are you planning to stick with Vardy? I know he's got this grand injury now too. So it's uh, kind of a tricky one. Yeah, and. The word seems to be that he's going to miss the Spurs match in game week 21. Um, so I mean, what, I've, what I've heard today is okay. that he's – so they actually play Spurs back-to-back. Uh, they play them in the uh, FA Cup and they play them again in the uh, – in the, in Oh, regular okay. Pitch. So I'm, I'm reading about the FA Cup match. Is that what I'm doing? Yeah. So he's going to miss the Spurs FA Cup match, but he's expected to be back for the Spurs, uh, the Spurs match um, in, in the league. I'm sure a lot of people. Okay, so if you're not playing your wild card right now, which um, I don't know if you want to talk more about that, but if you're playing your wild card right now, you might be in dire straits. That's it's probably a little too soon. But unless you're playing your wild card, I'm not sure what to do with Jamie Vardy because I can't. Who I'd really love to bring in for him is Kane, and if I could switch him to Kane, I would do it in a heartbeat. What about Um, uh, does a Gallo hold an interest for you? Yes, he does. So that's my one option, and. The concern there is it's too much uh, a like for like, though recent form would show you it's far from it. And Agalu is the man. And he, uh, as listeners of this podcast will know, he's a man that we have ignored for far too long. <laughs> well, and, we haven't ignored him. We've, we've dismissed yeah. him. Yeah. And <laughs> to be wish fair, we he, has, he hasn't scored two weeks in a row. No, excuse me. He's, he's only, he hasn't scored one week in a row. <laughs> it's it's still yeah, Gallo is still rolling. He still has four goals in his last four games. So he's, he he's was so he, he was he was very close to scoring in that city game too. It's it's yeah. just unreal how how good he looks. It's so quick. Uh, just a quick um, sidebar here about the wild card um, because I've heard some. I've heard, so there seems to be a little misinformation out there about the wild card. Uh, I think because uh, you know they changed the format this year and you have to use the wild. So for some people, some people already know this, but just in, in case you don't know, the second half wild card can be used at any point in the in the season. Right. Uh, throughout the rest of the seasons, you can you you, you can play the the second half wild card in game week thirty seven if you wanted to. Right, uh, whereas it used to be you, exactly. used to be you'd lose it after the January transfer window closed. Exactly, and I was never. I know that there. I was always amazed when there were people who had the self restraint to not play their other. The, 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 so you get one wild card. Used to be you get one wild card that you could use at any point, and. Me, you, and everyone we know would use the wild card by like game week three, right? Yep. Like, you know, it's like you always plan to save it as long as possible. And then, like, game week three rolls around, you're like, fuck this. Like, yep. wild card's got to be played. I totally uh, wild card going into game week three this season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me too. Uh, even though I like swore I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, well, I did that just like load up on Leicester defenders. That was a great If team. you haven't played your initial wild card yet, you're not able to keep two wild cards, are you? You aren't. You had to play the, the initial wild card by uh, by the start of game week 20. Right, so that sorry, one's, guys. one's off the table now. Uh, but the, yeah, the second wild card can be used at any point in the season, so you don't have to use it in January. And so I'm surprised people are talking about using their wild card yet because, to me, the ideal strategy is to use – so, so if you use a wild card, you can't use a chip the same week. 
Right. So that's something to bear in mind. So if there's a double game week coming up uh, and you want to load up and use the triple captain or the all-out attack um, or the um, or the bench for, boost. For, for those of uh, us who haven't yet used their useless all-out attack chips like <laughs> right. yours truly. Uh, if, if, you want to, if you want to use any of those, you actually have to wildcard the week before. So that to me is the, the ideal way to use the wildcard is two weeks before – a um, a big double game week because right. then you can you can load up on all those players you have them for the week before it can be it can be a little tricky though you know because some, the, those those double game weeks sometimes fall directly after they've missed a match right so right. you know so there will be definitely some strategy involved it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting I think we'll see a lot of swings the second half of the season. Um, you know, in terms because you might miss a match because of a cup final or a cup semifinal where there will be squad rotation depending right. on the team. And so sometimes, you know, bringing players in for a double game week can be tricky because they're not actually playing the week before. So you, you know, you can only save three transfers. So sometimes you end up with, you know, two players on your bench for the double game week who are not going to play. Uh, and then you try to save two transfers. You have four players to double game week or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it gets a little it gets a little tricky. But anyway, the, the point being, uh, don't use your. I mean, I, I guess if you want to use a wild card, uh, more power to you. But it, it feels very early to me to use a wild card. It feels like there's there there are more there are strategic benefits to be gained from waiting until um, you know we have a better sense of the lay of the land the last mm-hmm. last eighteen weeks of the season. I don't know. I I view the wild card more like peanut M and M's, where it's just it's too tempting. It's just far too tempting. I just really. So are, you, are, are you thinking about wild carding? Well, let's look at my squad here. Um, Jamie Vardy, as I was saying, is an issue, um, mm-hmm. and me not having Kane. So up front, I have Aguero, Lukaku, and Vardy. Uh, I am at an advantage already having Aguero, which apparently by him scoring one-headed goal, he becomes the most must-have player in the game right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. On, kind of a non-fact the whole second half. Scores had a goal with like three minutes left. You know, I mean, he looked good in the first half. That was an incredible Twitter sea change, too, going from everybody tweeting LOL at all you Aguero owners, you're idiots and all that sort of thing and after the goal it immediately becomes in so when are you planning on bringing him in yeah that that's like a, a, a twitter school that i don't totally understand yeah. you know, like school of people who like go on twitter to yell at other people for any other players uh-huh. like that just that just doesn't seem nice to me it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem very polite yeah uh, let's be, be nicer to, be nicer everybody like to me that's not even banter that's just like like you're a, like I, like there was like you're trying Someone to incite a riot, basically. Yeah, that was like the one time. I, I don't think we've actually talked about this in the podcast. Uh, I think I, I I wanted to, and then I, I like checked myself, and now it's been so long that I can't remember who tweeted it. So I, I don't care if I bring it up, but. Uh, you know, someone on Twitter was just like, you know, Eden Hazard had like his, his typical, I think it was when he, when he got subbed off injured, you know, um, like in the 35th minute, um, you know, five weeks ago or so. And, uh, this is when I like brought him back in, you know, like, uh, like just a total disaster. Right. So I punted on him several weeks ago, but I did have him for, for two weeks. Um, and someone was like like, forever ago now, Josh. And someone was like, if you captain, and if you brought in Eden Hazard, you deserve this. Like you deserve <laughs> everything you get. And and so I like. So it's like I, the I, end of Unforgiven. It's just like what it was so like personal. It was like 
yeah. grow up, you know, like just like let, let let people make bad decisions. You know, it's it's like the <laughs> it's like it's like being at a poker table with somebody who wants to like criticize everyone that when they make a bad play. It's like right. <laughs> I know for some people that's like fun, but to me that that that's just very like it like smacks of insecurity for one thing. It's just, right. it's not very nice, you know. Right. Like it's not very nice to to be mean to other people, right? <laughs> yeah. So no, I think I yeah. agree. That's not the kind of that's like I I feel like I've been like trying to carefully like unfollow all of the people who who do that because yeah. I just think, like you know anyway that's 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 neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, but to get <laughs> back my to my wild, my, <laughs> my wild card situation though, I'm looking at my team. And I guess my real issue is I am terrified of not having Harry Kane right now, and the only yeah. way I can get him in is a minus eight. And so the question that's is always. Cool. You're always minus eight away from having what you deem a perfect te- team. So is it is it worth playing a wild card just to dodge the minus eight? But the odds are you'll play that wild card. You'll get you'll get that uh, person in that you want, and it's not necessarily going to work out exactly as you planned. And now you're out of wild card. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, and uh, I mean, I can understand wanting Kane. It, it, it never works, anyways, does it? Like rearranging your whole team for one one player's fixture at home. Like yeah. I feel like that like that, that never works. For, like I don't know. Like I remember like I, I did a bit of that because I wanted Kane at home to Newcastle um, like five weeks ago or so. In the end, it worked out great having Kane. But um, he I, he did blank. <laughs> great example. Yeah, but I mean, he blanked that that home fixture at Newcastle. So, oh, right. I mean, okay, you know, it, it didn't yeah. you know it didn't work in out the, in the long run. You're saying in, it in the out. yeah in the long run, yeah, I can I can see why you want to have Kane, but I mean, burning eight points for one fixture is is too much. I think. I, I think a good way for me to reconcile this though is the fact that I do have Deli Ali, and that is Kane cover at the moment. So, uh, and as we saw in the last game against Everton, that that was excellent coverage, Deli Ali. He's playing yeah. so far forward. He's, he's yeah. He looks. I mean, yeah. He's so lethal as a as a, as a scorer too. Yeah, uh, amazing. Yeah, that was a great pass and a, and a great score. It was a it was a carbon copy of I can't remember what match it was like three three or four game weeks ago. Alderweireld to Ali on that um, midfield pass trap shoot score. Yep, amazing yeah. combination. Yeah. It's basically it's, it's, the the basketball alley oop equivalent of a goal. Yeah, Alderweireld really just keeps paying off, doesn't he? I mean, it's really. Uh, I know. What does he cost yeah. now, Alderweireld? Is he it's beyond six point Yeah, but not not too much. I don't think. Uh, let me see. I, I have it here. Um, he is six on the dot on the money at, okay. at, at, as of, as of today's podcast. I a think very, that's a fair fair price. A fair price for the defender who has gained the most points this season by a solid eight points over Scott Dan. If Alderweireld were an Etsy store, I would do business with him again. Yeah, I was really kicking myself over not bringing in Scott Dan, uh, and then he he put up a, a big zero uh, at home. I am worried about that Crystal Palace team. Their performance against Chelsea—they look like they were performing like relegation fodder. Now I know they're missing key <laughs> players like Balassi and Kabai, but they looked awful. Truly that Chelsea. Awful. How did, how is that Crystal Palace team doing it? It like I mean I guess it's a it's a combination of of the, their defense is really solid right I mean they're they've got a lot of d- defenders who are able to do a lot of different things like they can score a little bit um, they're they're tough they've been together for a long time a lot of yeah. them uh, yeah uh, Papa Swore. yeah uh, and they you know they brought in Kabai who has definitely you know kind of 
opened up that offense. But they have they have no strikers, and their midfielders are not very consistent at all. I mean, it's it's really a weird. I mean, Jason Punchin still has not scored the entire season. Uh, yeah, it's insane. If he's not scoring, what is is Yednak going to be your your big gun? I mean, there's really nobody. I mean, it's it, you know MacArthur is their third highest rated. Uh, midfielder. I mean, the, he's brought in more points than any other midfielder except, except for uh, Balassi and and Kabai, and he has two goals and two assists on the season. So I, I don't know where it's coming from. It's like it's just like one. It's it's all the defenders, really. Right. So they score two goals in the three weeks during the festive period, and I'll I'll be curious to see what they look like when they eventually get Kabai and Balassi back. But if if they continue this form, um, I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to pick. Aston Villa to pick up a much-needed win against Palace in Game Week 21. But I shouldn't get into Game Week 21 because here's what we want to do this podcast, which we're already uh, knee-deep in it. Um, <laughs> first, first, we should catch everybody up on where we are in the Hail Cheaters mini-league because it's been a while since we reviewed it. But then what yeah, we're going to do is... you and I are. We're too far down. But where where the league stands? <laughs> we before we started recording, you were concerned. Like, do you think anyone's looking up where we are in the uh, in the Hail Cheaters League? And my response was, I'm not worried about it because people generally don't have the patience to click through uh, more than two or three uh, pages of mini league. You know, you know they only That's show fifty at a time. That's true. You 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 look at the first page, maybe the second page. You move on. So then uh, we've got a we've got a pick three three for three. So we're gonna go uh, game week eighteen nineteen twenty uh, pick three highlighted fixtures and basically tell the story of the festive fixtures uh, mm-hmm. th- through through those highlights. And uh, then we've got a lot of questions from you through through Facebook and Twitter that we'll get to. So That's right. you want to? Yeah, and we'll we're gonna save our the we're, we're gonna preview game week game weeks twenty one and twenty two uh, together. Uh, we're going to do an early podcast because uh, the next game week, you know, it's obviously an FA Cup weekend this weekend, but then we're going to put up a podcast hopefully on Sunday night uh, that previews uh, the uh, the next two fixtures. Yeah, I know this is a game week that tends to take people off guard. You feel like you have the weekend off and then boom, suddenly it's like Tuesday afternoon and you realize you didn't set your team. That's true. So, yeah, we'll come back at you with a new pod uh, where we optimize for game week 21. Uh, do you want to get us into the Hail Cheaters mini league, though, Josh? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so we have uh, many of the usual suspects uh, are still in the uh, the top ten. Um, I think, uh, yeah, so w- we'll see. Uh, Triple Captain Azard, Game Week 1, after falling a little bit, is back up into first place. Uh, he has two-point lead over... Uh, one of many, one of Sushangar's many teams, uh, Pinky the be- and Brian the best is, of his many teams. The, the best of his many teams uh, is in second place. And I then, think I may uh, like the Sushant team the best as well. Yeah, we should do, we should do a, a Sushant look where the, we just <laughs> we, we should have a, a, Sush- a Sushant mini league. We should have we should have Sushant on the podcast actually. <laughs> Sushant, if you have if you have a good if you have a good speaker, let us know. We'll, we'll have you in the podcast talk about your. Your many teams. Wouldn't that be uh, crazy if uh, it turned out we were hosting like five different Sushants on one episode? That's true. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing if there were three It'd be like Sushant that movie Sushant. where uh, Michael Keaton uh, multiplies himself. <laughs> uh, multiplicity? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> uh, so in third place is uh, United of Horns, uh, Mohammed Al-Qiasi. I hope I said that right. 
I probably did not say that right, considering I said it like four different ways. <laughs> uh, he is uh, he was further up, moved down to uh, down to third place, and he's actually tied for third with Colin Bothwell, um, who both have eleven ninety nine. And then uh, Egan O'Keefe is in fifth, and that's Sean Comiskey in sixth, Brian White in seventh, uh, Guillermeld in eighth, Leith Kebab in ninth, and Mitchell Bathurst challenge everything in tenth. I love that team name. There's there's no pun happening there, but challenge everything. Uh, I like I, love it. That. I, I, I like to think of him at Mitchell Bathurst's challenge. I like maybe he is a big NFL fan and he loves right. when when they <laughs> the challenge, challenge a, a, a catch on the field or a uh, yeah or a, you know whether whether there was a fumble or not. He says challenge everything. Go for it. No, there there's absolutely no way a challenge flag would work in the Premier League or in professional soccer. I'm assuming. I, well, I, I hope not, because American sports are convinced that the, the best way to enjoy a sport is to spend like a good third of the time making sure that you have all the rules right. We're such yeah. a rules-obsessed country. You yeah. know, I mean, the beauty of the – like, one's it's, – it's indescribable. Like, if you're, if you're talking to somebody who grew up watching the Premier League or, you know, they grew up in the UK or, or in, in Europe or, or wherever, um, and they grew, you know, they grew up watching football matches, soccer matches um, – what it's like to watch sports in America. I mean, most, most sports are three to four hours long and, and they're in most of the time they're debating the rules. (laughs) I mean, they're like football is there. Or going to commercial. I mean, I like football. I like NFL football uh, and I like college football, but I mean, most of the game is spent with the referees conferring and like deciding Mm -hmm. how big of a penalty it is. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's very tedious. Or or college basketball where their favorite thing to do is go to the replay to see how many eighths of a second they need to add back onto the the clock, the game clock. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so they they talk about adding this to the Premier League sometimes. Oh, like everything should be reviewable. Like, was it a penalty? Wasn't a penalty? I mean, who wants that? Who wants four minutes of a ref like huddled in a corner, like watching video screens and trying Trying to decide if a guy dove or was, you know, it's, uh, it sounds very tedious to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, kudos to everyone in the Hell Cheaters mini league. <laughs> it a, is, yeah, I'm <laughs> ranting all over the place. I think, I think I was, you know, I haven't. You're like Lewis Black while, today. I know. <laughs> I think uh, I haven't had a like a, a microphone in front of me for a while. You know, so it's, it's all coming out. <laughs> um, uh, so it's like uh, between between fifth and first place, it's separated by ten points. So. Uh, it's a really close, really close uh, up there at the top. I know it is exciting. A lot of these people are on uh, are on Twitter or on our, our Facebook page. I feel like we've been seeing we people have been commenting on Facebook a little more too, which is kind of nice. We're starting yeah, that's, to uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I like the idea of, of building like an anti community there, where it's basically <laughs> it's not that we're talking. What does that mean? I just like it's just a place where people go to post like good videos and bad photoshops and stuff like that. I, you know, like I want it to be like a like a bang bang. Like you pop on, you watch something kind of funny uh-huh. or like a good, like click on a good link, and then and then you're out. You know. Speaking of, if anyone has missed your uh, fantastic Captain Rom photoshop, you have to go to our Facebook page <laughs> and check true. it out. Yeah, Brendan, I also like uh, Mitchell Mitchell Maynard. Uh, created uh, the forgetting Anthony Marshall poster, which is really—it's actually a pretty good Photoshop job. Uh, yeah, it's I'm way better at, than yours. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. You can see like Jamie Vardy's head actually fits on uh, Russell uh, Brand's Ru- body. Yeah, Russell Brand's body really a well. Famous and West then, Ham fan. <laughs> oh, is that right? Is he? Yeah, yeah, he's a huge West Ham fan. 
So, uh, yeah, go and uh, check out some bad Photoshop jobs and feel free to uh, submit your own as well. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, check that out. And you can still join the mini league. As you know, the code is on our website at alwayscheating.com. Okay, so we've got a lot of games to uh, review here, going all the way back to the beginning of the festive period, Game Week 18. And uh, there were some really interesting results uh, that happened. The first one we'll pick out is Liverpool versus Leicester 1-0. This is, of course, the end of Leicester's storied run at the top of the league table. Um, what do you? I think we were we were saying there's really not much we can make of this result, the one way or another. It didn't really tell us, as we know in hindsight, it didn't tell us much about Liverpool. Uh, maybe it told us a little bit about the form that Leicester is is starting to be on. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know what you could. Oh, sorry. I I mean Liverpool. It's it's impossible to draw any conclusions about Liverpool at the moment uh, because. Um, they, I mean, they're just all over the place. I mean, there, there's no, there's no consistency there with them. I mean, they're um, in their last, uh, so in their last six matches, Liverpool have, um, they've won two, drawn one, and lost three. And they won, they won two consecutive matches, one nothing. They won uh, home to Leicester, one nothing. Uh, home to or away to Sunderland, one nothing. And then, uh, which you and I both missed, actually. We wanted went to see the Hateful Eight. Yeah, we, we, enough, we, we enough needed a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, and, that, uh, was, that was the fixture that knocked me out of the FPL Cup because the, the ghost team that I was playing uh, had Benteke, and his goal kicked me out of the cup. Losing to a ghost team is, uh, is a very painful thing. <laughs> I mean, but losing in the cup, it happens to everybody. Does anybody survive week two? Of the cup, no, but <laughs> I don't know if I've ever made. It. I think I've I don't know it if it even ha- is happening anymore. <laughs> I think I made it to week three once. Like that, that's about as far as I've gone. I think I'm, I'm going to play in the fantasy football uh, scout cup this year, and that's like my that's like my one like the last thing I can I can I can possibly win this year. You could you could use a good cup run, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so um, yeah, so they're all over the place. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and, then, uh, and then of so course at, they lost but after. Yeah, and they they just looked really dire against West Ham. So it was, it was sort of like things were looking up, up, up for them, and now they're back almost almost behind square one. I mean, their defense is in tatters, even though I, I guess Lucas had a really good game in central defense uh, in their cup match today against Stoke, and they did beat Stoke one nothing. Um, but they're missing Skirtle. Now Lovren is out with a hamstring. Coutinho has a hamstring. Yeah, it, it's it's... You just have to kind of. It's like this season's just a punt for them, right? I mean, I mean, the thing is, if they actually beat West Ham, I think they would be, they would have been at least kind of approaching those Europa League spots. I mean, because yeah. the, the, you know the, the league is so up and down right now that they they would have, you know, would have been three wins in a row, and so they you know they would have picked up nine points. Yeah, they'd be um, level with and, United at this point. Yeah, so it was. Um, you know, so they're they're not. It's not that they're completely out of it. It just feels that way because their losses are so bad. Yeah, you know, and, and, <laughs> and just, Klopp, Klopp seems to take them so seriously. Yeah, and so it's from a fantasy perspective to 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 bring it back to uh, the the topic of 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 uh, our reason of for record. existence. <laughs> our reasons for existence. Uh, I mean, you see, you get excited for two weeks about the about the the clean sheets. You would actually, both of us dropped our defenders. I, I had to um, because of Skrull's injury, and then you brought in. Um, I I brought in Glenn Johnson for Nathaniel Klein, which hasn't quite paid off yet. Yeah. Oh, so have you had Johnson for two weeks now? Yeah, I have had him for two weeks. 
Okay, so you, so you picked up. Uh, oh, you didn't pick up anything, right? Uh, no, they let in three against Everton, and then they lost the cleanie against West Brom as well. Let yeah, in two there. So, I mean, he had a couple. He had a couple looks at goal, which is encouraging. Did you um, did you start him for that match away at Everton? Yes, I did. Um, yeah. Why did I do that? Because uh, who else did I have in my defense? Uh, I'm. I had, to, a, yeah. I, had to sit, I had to sit Robert Huth against Man City, um, mm-hmm. which, of course, Huth got a clean sheet. Uh, right. So then I started Van Dyke against West Ham. I started Nathan Dyer against Watford. No, a clean sheet wipe out there. And Glenn Johnson. You know, it goes, it goes back to um, what I've always harped on is you have to go with attacking potential. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a weird year for clean sheets. I mean, I guess maybe it always is. And yeah, I mean, like you, you brought up uh, the the Southampton West Camp game. I, mean, I so I, I ended up starting Van Dyke three weeks in a row. Um, he was actually on my bench for the Arsenal match, and then he, he came in um, because um, yeah. So I did. I just had a charmed week, and so he came. Oh, I think I, I tried to play Micah Richards away to Norwich. That's what happened. Uh-huh, and, uh, uh-huh. Richards Richards didn't play, so I was able to bring in that for bring in Van Dyke. And so inexplicably, I the one clean sheet I got for Van Dyke out of this really nice run of of Norwich West. You know, I mean that West Ham team uh, is uh, you know really not. Um, they're not. They're not playing with a with a full uh, a full complement of players at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought, yeah, I could probably pick up a, a clean sheet there, and I could probably pick up a clean sheet uh, away at Norwich. And, uh, of course, of those three matches, the only one I picked up a clean sheet was in was uh, was the uh, Arsenal match. And he almost scored in that match, too. I mean, he did actually did score, but they called it offside. Yeah, offside. Pretty close one, I thought. Yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about Leicester a little more in Game Week 19 when we get to the Man City match. But uh, speaking of Man City, uh, Game Week 18 probably saw their most crucial fantasy point game against Sunderland where De Bruyne had a classic um, big point haul sandwiched between no points. Yeah, it was, um, you know, this is, this is a huge week for you if you're a De Bruyne owner and you have to be very happy. And of course I immediately having cast him off on a life raft brought De Bruyne back into my squad after this game and is same old crap from him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this was the moment in in game week nineteen where you, know, you were. So we're watching the uh, the 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 December twenty eighth matches together, and I'm doing my like my usual complaining uh, as I. I mean, it's really just I mean, watching sports with me is really a, a, an unpleasant experience for everyone, myself included. I mean, it's just it's just a running commentary on how much like <laughs> how much everything sucks. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> it's all it's all muttered though. I, I, I mentioned before, I'm not yelling. Like, imagine is, imagine if. Charlie Kaufman were a sports fan. It's basically <laughs> He's you. Quietly, I'm just quietly complaining for for two hours, like <laughs> kind of to my. Like I'm reading my phone the whole time too. I'm watching like six games at once. I'm reading. I'm reading my phone the entire time. Yeah. I'm usually eating and drinking like at the same time too, like with like both hands. It's it's really a. It's a it's a it's like it requires a lot of energy. I'm always wiped out after after what, going to watch a soccer match. Uh, it's actually it's almost worse that I'm home alone because I've got like. I, I did the TV and then the picture in picture, and then sure. I got, and then I'm like, I'm, you know, we, I mean, I, I'm usually the one running our, they're always doing Twitter feed. I'm posting constantly. Well, uh, and, during the matches. And when you're at home, there's no shame because there's no one around <laughs> you to sort of rein you in. So I know when I'm home alone, um, I say some very, very awful 
crude things to the television. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's it, it can be fun. Like it's its own. It's own watching alone is its own its own joy. Okay, so you're you're driving at a point here. Yes, I was driving at a point, and I, I actually lost I, I lost the point. I lost the plot. <laughs> well, I, I was, I was talking. About? Uh, we were talking about Kevin De Bruyne, which uh, we had a oh a, a, right. We had a good question from Scott Gilleshannon uh, on Twitter, and he says, is KDB the new Barkley? 16 one week and then two the next two weeks. And I this made me laugh because it is is actually an incredibly insightful comment, and I have to agree. I mean, I'm not saying it's necessarily bad or good, but yes, this is exactly what Barkley does. Yeah, I was I was going to say that he was a little more explosive than Barkley, but I actually don't think that's true. Uh, so I, I guess he so De, De Bruyne he, is definitely a better player than Ross Barkley probably will ever be. Yeah, he so Barkley has three double digit point hauls in the season, and then one, two, three other weeks where he brought in uh, nine points. Um, and uh, De Bruyne has uh, four double digit point hauls in the week, and then. Uh, and then, then one was seven, and then other than that, it's a it's a bunch of twos and ones. I mean, he's really he's incredibly uh, mercurial. Yeah. Um, I mean, you knew he was going to go off in that Sunderland match because he was the best. He's one of the best players in the pitch in the Arsenal match. After after Mesut Ozil, he was arguably the best player in the pitch um, in that match, and uh, he just uh, he was running a lot. You know, he was running all over the place. Uh, just just barely missed a goal, but he was setting people up. And uh, if Aguero had been at full strength, I think. Uh, I think Man City could have won that game, but uh, so you know he so he goes off in that match, and then it's just and then he's, it's really it's it's home and away with him, you know. I mean he's he's yeah. always a player worth captaining at home, um, you know. His I think all four of his double digit point holes have come at home. I'm double checking, and that is true. So you know, always a captain option at home. Um, he's very expensive, is the problem. I mean, you know, you get basically the same returns from Barkley for three point five million cheaper. Yeah, yeah, it's true. This this. This period of three games is definitely proof in the pudding of Man City's home and away form. The four the four one victory over Sunderland at home, and then two away matches to come. They failed to score against Leicester, and then they barely eked out that two one victory against Watford. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the next match, Southampton v Arsenal. Uh, this is called out just for the <clears throat> anomaly. That yeah. it was. Um, I didn't even watch this game. Uh, what happened? Arsenal just didn't show up. <laughs> they just didn't show up. Uh, it was it was a weird. I mean, they never really even threatened. I mean, it was a it was a strange match because it was kind of it was never in doubt. Uh, I mean, Southampton just you know had him by the leash the whole time. I mean, really, Shane Long has played very well. Um, you know, we were pulling uh, we were pulling stats uh, earlier today just so we'd have some uh, at the ready for this podcast and. You know, he picked up. Um, I guess he only picked up two goals um, over the over the over the last four game weeks, but it just feels like he's been very involved in the play. Um, if you actually watch these matches, I mean, I really think um, he was the difference maker that that Southampton needed. I think um, because Pele just has completely lost form. Um, I mean, to the point where I thought he may be injured. I mean, he was. He's, he, been he's so. He's got a he's got a knee injury, which is apparently okay, keeping he? him okay. out. But uh, it's one of those cases oh, where you. Okay. You do wonder if the injury is being embellished a little bit just to uh, for co- his say, own comp- confidence I, sake. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that, yeah, that, that could be. But yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm totally reading into it. 
But okay, I mean, so this this is a crazy result, but I mean, Southampton's win is sandwiched around two losses on either side. Uh, I mean, they've in their last six matches they picked up three points total, and it was this one. So I think it was just one of those matches. I mean, every every year, uh, even even a team that wins the league is going to have a, a howler or two, and I just think that. That you know, I mean, Arsenal came back and they looked pretty good the last two game weeks, um, especially against Bournemouth. So, um, you know, I think it was just a blip. Um, I think that Southampton players are still players not worth owning, even defensively. I would argue. Um, uh, we we both still have Van Dyke in our defense, and he's he's I mean, they're, into they're, one, of, one of those they're, defenders they're, you can't really squeeze out of your back line. They're at home to Watford and West Brom in the next two game weeks, so yeah. now is not quite the right time to sell. But then they're they're away to Arsenal and Man United in game weeks twenty three and twenty four. So if uh, I still have Van Dijk, yeah, that's certainly when he's going to go. Yeah, I saw Bertrand uh, bouncing around some of the forums as the guy to pick up. Uh, but yeah, you know, I agree. A little more you, attacking if, threat from Bertrand. I mean, I know that uh, Van Dijk has scored a couple goals this year, but uh, Bertrand is a little. He's kind of like Danny Rose. You know, he's really really involved in the play. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one fixture I didn't pick out, but is interesting to talk about, is Stoke totally pasting Man United 2-0. Uh, Arnatovic continuing his amazing run of just showboating across the, the league. And Boyan with another goal there. Yeah, and someone, someone um, FPL Booster asked us on Twitter and said, uh, Arnie, is he still in the game or out? Uh, I think he is. I, I think that was just a weird... It's funny because like 10 weeks ago, it would not have been all that crazy for a team to just get totally stymied at home to West Brom, right? I mean, that, that's that's kind of a, the hallm- a hallmark Tony Pulis defensive Yes, and you know, Pulis, Pulis had a lot at stake there because Stoke is where he made his name. So you so you so did you drop Michael Dawson? Is that, is that what happened? What did I do to my team? Oh, okay. So it was Glenn Johnson and Eric Dyer in for um, Dawson and... Klein. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, West Brom just hasn't been getting it done with the clean sheets. And let's see, did they, they <clears> kept <throat> a clean sheet against Newcastle, but then they let one in against Swansea. So that's one clean sheet out of three. The only conceivable reason to invest in West Brom is, is for a clean sheet. That, that is true. Yes. And, and now coming up, they're away to Chelsea they're away to Southampton. Then they they do host Villa. So they're uh, uh, Villa. Let's see, Villa then Swansea. So there's a reason to maybe get back on that bandwagon. Villa, but, Swansea, but, Newcastle. Yeah, but to, but to get back to the the Stoke question about uh, Arnautovic, uh, I, I definitely don't think it's. Uh, I, I I think it's I think it's still a, a yay on Arnautovic. Um, especially for their next match, uh, Stoke is at home to Norwich, and then even that match at home to Arsenal, I think, is a match where you could see something from Arnautovic. I mean, they've looked really good. Arnautovic, in particular, has looked very good at home to top teams this year. Yeah, uh, you know, we saw it. We saw it against uh, Man United, and we saw it against Manchester City. Uh, and I do not think they'll be scared going into that match. Uh, and then the ma- next match is away to Leicester, which uh, could also see some goals. So I think I think the next three fixtures are all set up pretty nicely for Arnautovic. And if anything, the fact that he didn't, he wasn't able to do anything. Actually, I think he, I think he had a one pointer this weekend. Um, yeah, because I think he picked up a yellow card. He did. Um, it slows his momentum a little bit, so it makes him a little more of a differential. So I think um, he's definitely one of the. So I Jerry D is is leaving my team this week. Finally, mercifully, right. 
Yeah. Uh, he and his six phantom, not counted assists, are, are leaving my team. <laughs> uh, and so I'm sort of debating. And his, between, and his haircut. I'm sort of debating between Artetovich and Payet right now. And yeah. um, I just, I guess because we are, we are jumping around here a little bit. Uh, but there were a lot of questions, including uh, from Trevor Ingerson. It says, uh, when do you bring Payet back in? Uh I mean, what, how, what, what's your thoughts on the Pyatt thing? How are you, how are you feeling about Pyatt? Well, I'm F- one FBL that— Jr. also asked us about uh, Pyatt coming back. Yeah, it, it's an interesting question, particularly for me, because I uh, held off bringing Pyatt into my team early in the season, and it was a big mistake to not get those points. And now that he's coming back, I have an opportunity to get back in on the ground floor. And those 30 minutes that he played over the weekend, he was doing Cruyff turns. He looked amazing. He looked like he hadn't lost a step. Yeah. And um, it's very tempting to bring him in. But, of course, that's just on the basis of 30 minutes. And coming back from injury for a lot of these top players can be a very hard thing to do if they're even able to accomplish it. You're, you were just, uh, yeah. comparing him to David Silva, who's been playing on a bum ankle for three years now. Yeah, an ankle injury can be very—you know—can be the kind of injury that that really sticks with a player and uh, can definitely rob them of some of their, uh, you know, creativity. Um, so, I the question I, I would like to see him not start. Um, and the FA Cup match this weekend, um, I'd be a little worried about him starting. If he started, you know, because because the way the FA Cup is shaping up, you know, there's the FA Cup this weekend, and then there's the midweek game week, and there's another game week, um, you know, a few days after that. So, uh, do I think that Payet could play 90 minutes three times in eight days? I, I don't. Um, so if he if he came on in like the 60th minute. In the FA Cup this weekend, I'd actually feel better about his chances of starting two matches in, in five right. days or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm a little. I'm a little um, on the fence about it right now. Um, if you're West Ham, you have to be far more bullish about your chances to get a Europa League spot as opposed to uh, go the cup run. Yeah, I mean, and there and there are a way to uh, to Bournemouth and Newcastle in the next two game weeks. I mean, a very good chance, to, and then uh, and then home to uh, you know, then they're home to Man City, and then they're home to Aston Villa after that. So yeah, you know, let's say even if they lose that Man City match, there's a really good chance for them to pick up nine points in the next. Yeah. In the next four game weeks, yeah. I mean, there's at least a a shot. I think that they have of of. I mean, they would need everyone to come back healthy, but I I think they could they could really hang around the periphery of the Champions League spots. Yeah. Uh, you know, the rest of the season. I mean, I, I don't know if they quite have the squad depth, but you know, Andy Carroll. Like the kind of joke player that he is, um, <laughs> joke player mostly because he looks like a joke. I mean, really, the problem he's with a, him is no, he is a injuries. joke player. But he can be very good when healthy. I mean, he's it's, just he just he's, he's never healthy. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Andy Carroll is you know uh, I don't know what you can really uh, expect from. <laughs> I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I I can't imagine bringing Andy Carroll in, uh, even though his, his price is pretty low. Uh, but God, would it be fun in Andy Carroll? Maybe, maybe you should be looking at him, Brandon, for your Jimmy <laughs> Vardy replacements. Uh, what a, a way to. Wait, yeah, it would be a crazy punt. A way to Bournemouth and Newcastle the next two game weeks. You could definitely see a couple of goals from Carroll in those matches. Yeah, and he'll he'll be uh, up but, for a match against his former team, Newcastle. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, you know, someone on Twitter was asking about uh, differential midfielders, and um, they were they were really pulling for um, 
for Willian as a differential midfielder, which does make sense. Uh, and I said, well, you know, what about Payet? He said, well, I just think everyone's going to own him soon. Yeah. Uh, um, and so he doesn't really work as a differential. And I, I, I suppose that, 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 that is true. I mean, I, I, I didn't realize there'd be such a clamor for Payet. I thought people would kind of forget about him. You know, I mean, he's been out for, for how long? You know, I mean, about and, and West Ham has not been a terribly sexy team since he left. They've been out having a lot of injury troubles in the midfield and up front. And yeah, I think the bigger question is less Pyatt and what is what can this West Ham team actually do? Yeah, it's. I mean, he was. He's really the 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 whole the whole key to their to their attack. So, uh, you know, he had uh, five goals and four assists in the uh, in the first. Let's say the first eleven game weeks. We won't count the the twelfth game week where uh, James McCarthy like systematically destroyed him. Uh, <laughs> n- not not from a technical perspective, but from a like I'm going to keep kicking you until you like are injured perspective. Right, right. Uh, I mean, so, another yeah. uh, speaking of Chelsea though, another midfield differential, and it's a little knee jerky given his performance all season, but Oscar looked really good. He looked like the good Oscar against Crystal Palace. Now, granted, like yeah. I was saying, Crystal Palace looked like a, an absolute dogpile. Um, it's always going to be tough for me. Uh, I I just loathe Oscar. I just I just, I, I don't know. I, I can't. Maybe it's just his fate. I mean, like it's 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 like weirdly personal with me and Oscar. Like there's no. I mean that that, that and the fact that I I feel like I've owned Oscar. Like I I keep saying Oscar. I keep saying Oscar instead of Oscar. Like I, Oscar. I really sound, just, yeah, it sounds like a Norse god. Oscar. Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Norse, the, Nor- the, the Norse the, Grouch. The, the Norwegian Grouch. I like it. Uh, I have owned Oscar for probably, I don't know, he's been in the league for like, what, three years now or something like that. I've probably owned him for like 40, 40 total game weeks, you know, over the course of the last three years. Maybe, let's, yeah. let's say like 35. I'll run down a little bit. Right. He is... Uh, in those 35 weeks, I think I've uh, – total number of points I've picked up from Oscar over 35 weeks is about minus three points. <laughs> I think that's that's conservative. <laughs> how, many uh, times was, how many times was he stretchered off the field uh, during that yeah, time? Yeah, I think, I think it was something like – it's like 30 zeros and then negative one like – Three times and then like an assist once. So yeah. I think that it out to about about uh, a <laughs> negative three. Right. Uh, I don't know. It just like never works with me and Oscar. And uh, I don't like his style. Like he's got that kind of. It's sort of like Ozil without the talent, you know, where like it looks like he's not doing anything in the match. Yeah. Um, I don't. You know, I think he stinks on free kicks and takes too many of them. And yeah. I'm just not a fan, you know. So <laughs> so take 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 my 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 Oscar complaints with a grain of salt. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get back to Stoke real quick because going into game week nineteen, the the most fun we had watching a game, I think anybody had watching a game, maybe save the Everton Spurs match was Everton versus Stoke three four, uh, yeah. taken down to the wire with that uh, crazy John Stones penalty at the very end. Um, Kind of a yeah, a perfect storm for for uh, for Everton in this match. Uh, you know, losing. You know, finally get McCarthy back, and then and then he he has an assist, and then he immediately has to go with an injury. Uh, they bring in their their backup kind of holding midfielder in uh, Tom Cleverly. He gets an assist, and then is immediately taken off with injury. Right, um, and. Uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a very strange match. Uh, so they basically didn't have any defensive midfielders, or not even defensive midfielders exactly, but just like anyone because Gareth Barry is, their, I suppose, their, their proper defensive midfielder, but just no one in the center of the pitch who could who could kind of boss things around and, and link yeah, up. Yeah, no, no, no proper link play, right? Yeah, exactly. 
So uh, you know, without without that link play, uh, it was they really got exposed by Stoke, and um, I was actually surprised you didn't see more of that in the um, not, not to get not to move to the next game week already, but I, I was surprised you didn't see more of that in the Spurs match. I actually thought, I thought they would lose that Spurs match. Yeah, I think a lot of people did, which was it was strange. I mean, it was strange. The uh, consensus going into that match was. Bench Deli Ali, bench your Spurs defenders against Everton. I think everyone was just expecting a wide open game and for be to be free scoring and that Berkeley would ultimately win out there somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the predictions were really strange. I, I, I figured Spurs would be way favored in that match. But then the result came to 1 1. Even though it was a great game, not yeah. much came of it. But yeah, I, I agree. Uh, so, but back to Everton Stoke. I mean, it was, yeah. I, I don't know how you like. You kind of want to be part of the Stoke attack right now. Like, just you, you want it'd be fun to have a player. Uh, you know, one of one of those two midfielders. I mean, there's kind of there's 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 Arnotovic, who's kind of the 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 obvious player to pick up, and then right, there's got the um, hand. Yeah, and then there's the sort of fun differential in Shakiri. Uh, who could end up being as valuable as Arnautovic over the over the long run? Right. Um, I mean, Shakiri picked up uh, you know two goals uh, in that match. Uh, actually, his first two goals of the season for um, for Stoke uh, away to Everton, and um, you know didn't really do anything the next match. So it's 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 hard to really know. Um, right. Let me ask you this, Brandon. Uh-huh. Arnautovic, Shakiri, same price, six point seven million. Okay. Uh, Big points lead for Arnautovic so far in the season, 96 to 59, a 37-point lead. Uh, over the final 18 weeks of the season, if you started over, you know, started from scratch, zero points okay. each, who scores more points by the end of the season? Arnautovic Arnit- or Shkiri? Arnautovic. Hands you think down. think so? Absolutely. Hands down. Absolutely. Your hands are down. Uh, yeah. I'm basically touch. I'm touching the floor right now with my right hand. I can't actually touch. I'm not. Yeah. So that's the best I can do. But my hands are down. <laughs> No, I'm going to Arnie. I'm the man bun. It's the man bun. Um, I think he's the one that looks more direct. Shakiri uh, tends to play out wide. He likes to give. It's, he likes to give service. Um, he's more. He's more a passer of the ball. Arnatovich. He's looking for the strike. Yeah, and I he's mean, he's. I'm not sure that I disagree with you. I mean, I know I kind of set it up like I was going to disagree with you, I and mean, I, I do think that. I think it could be close, though. I don't think he'll be thirty-seven points ahead over the next over the second half of the season. Yeah, I yeah, I think you're right about that. Now, here's the third option: Bojan, five point one for a forward who's starting for this attacking triumvirate. Yeah, is there I just any think temptation there? He's got he's got two goals and two assists in the last four matches. At five point one, that's a bargain. It is a bargain. That, that's true. I mean, maybe. I mean, it's it's definitely something to think about. Uh, there are so many good, cheap midfielders that, um, or excuse me, good cheap forwards that he's less tempting than he might be in a normal season. You right. know, in a normal season where maybe you've got uh, your two 12 million strikers, you know, and you want a, a cheap third option. I think he's he'd be more valuable. The right. the real issue with Boyan is he doesn't always play 60 minutes. Uh, you know, he's. He got the full ninety three game weeks in a row, uh, fifteen, uh, you know, game week sixteen through eighteen. But then he said he's played sixty three minutes exactly uh, the last two game weeks, and uh, and then you know before that it was seventy one, forty nine, seventy, seventy, fifty nine. Uh, so you know, just 
he does play well when he plays, but he's not often. I, you know, it's 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 always a little unappealing to bring in a striker who isn't going to be playing a whole match. You know, because yeah. it's it's also, it's not fun as a fan. You know, this is like the, this is the, the part of the the Delafeu problem is that yeah. you know if you don't get anything from him in the first half, you're like oh, crap. You well, know, it's yeah, like the second half starting, you're like yeah, you're like well, I've got like 15 minutes from to score because I know they're going to take him off at like the 63rd minute. Right. Right, right. So let's talk about Watford real quick. They played in game week 19 against Spurs, and they lost 1-2 uh, on a late goal by Son. Yeah. Uh, if, a, a great back heel. Yeah, if if Spurs were, were unlucky to draw um, at Everton, they were certainly lucky to win this match. I mean, it was a crazy goal by Son. I mean, I guess he meant it. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he, he, he meant did, it. He did mean it, but it's, it's, it's amazing that it went in. I mean, yeah. he was... You know, back to goal, and he, he basically kicked the ball behind him. You know, yeah, yeah. very much it, like the Rooney goal the following week. It is, it is very much like the Rooney goal. Yeah, weird that, that happened two weeks in a row, and in both cases, it it uh, it won a tight one-one match. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was. Um, it, yeah, I, I think um, Gallo picked up another goal. Um, he did. He just basically walked through uh, uh, Eric Dyer, like 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 Eric Dyer was some sort of ghost apparition. <laughs> It's, yeah. just the, it's incredible time and time again how Agallo in tight quarters is able to bring a ball down, control it, and simultaneously outmuscle these heavy-duty defenders. So he doesn't get any points in game week 20, but then when you look at Agallo the next four game weeks, it's away to Southampton, uh, which which shouldn't scare them. Uh, away to Swansea, same thing, although Swansea's defense has looked a lot better uh, the last few game weeks. Home to Newcastle, home to Chelsea. Uh, I think there's a very good chance that he scores in three out of four of those matches. Yeah. It's, it's, that is the question of the optimizer, which we will discuss in our next pod. Is, is Vardy to Igalo, is that the right move? Think about that. Yeah, ponder. For the Just next ponder it. Yeah. Watch your <laughs> FA Cup matches and ponder. <laughs> From a non-fantasy perspective, though, this was an interesting result for Spurs in that Spurs is making a, a bit of a title run right now. And this late winner showed the real grit and determination that they have. I feel like earlier in the season, they would have drawn a game like this. And now you can start to see the belief in that team, that they're winners. Yeah. So it's easily the most entertaining Spurs team since Gareth Bale left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, without a doubt. Uh, it all seems to be coming together for them a little bit. Uh, and in classic Spursian irony, it's also the season when everything's coming together for Arsenal. You know, yeah. it's like they finally right. they finally put together this this team that could like maybe possibly win the league, yeah. and uh, and then Arsenal has finally put together their version of that same team, and it's like six points better right now. Well, uh, if Spurs if Spurs continues the trajectory, they'll be title favorites next season, I think. Well, they, they I mean, need, uh, assuming yeah, they, one of these big clubs doesn't scoop up a bunch of La Liga stars or something. It still feels like there are big holes in this Spurs team, right? I mean, the, the, the team is entirely too dependent on Moussa Dembele, for one thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's really like without him, they just aren't the same. Uh, you know, they're, they're not nearly as strong and um, they really don't have a lot of attackers. I, you know, Christian Eriksen, uh, you know, so I, I was thinking about the Spurs team when I was watching the Spurs Everton match. I mean, Eric Lamella, and I was, I was complaining about this on Twitter a little bit, maybe because... I know you were complaining because you had captain... You didn't Harry captain Kane, Kane but, but you wanted I Kane needed, to get I, service. I needed, I needed some points from Kane. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Eric Lamella can barely string a pass together. 
And I mean, he's 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 too central. To, like a, a team with Eric Lamella that central to its tech, I don't I don't know if they can really win the league. I mean, yeah. Lamella is a very inconsistent. I know he I know he scored uh, last week. Um, or he's, you know, scored in this Watford match uh, on a on a Harry Kane flick. Uh, he can do certain things. You know, he can run. He's he's kind of like Theo Walcott, right? Like he, yeah. you know, he's sort of he's inconsistent. Comparison. Yeah, he's not quite as good, I will say, but he does a lot of the same things. Uh, but Theo Walcott is maybe, you know, a full strength arsenal, which is like never happened. But let's just say you had a full strength arsenal. Even Arsenal right now, when they're when they're sort of a lot of when they have a lot of injuries, Theo Walcott is maybe like their sixth or seventh most important player. Right? I mean, right, you'd rank yeah. him below uh, Aaron Ramsey and uh, Alexis Sanchez and Mesut Fra- Francis Coquelin. Francis, I mean, just, Francis Coquelin, uh, a couple of the defenders, uh, Olivier Giroud, uh, and um, Peter Check. Check. I mean, he's like, and then starting at eleven, he's like, it's like he and Alex Oxlade Chamberlain are. It's like pick one or the other. You know, I mean, you know, it's not. It's not. <laughs> no, it's not, no, do not pick the Ox. Okay, okay, Ox can't score. I, I actually was. I wanted to. I, who is the bigger force field around goal? Is it Jesus Navas or Alex Oxlade Chamberlain? <laughs> I mean, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain has hit the post like sixteen times this year. I mean, it's, yeah. The guy not. He's. He, he, I actually think. I don't know if you've ever heard him talk. He seems like a pretty intelligent guy. And I. I just think. Um. I think he's. He's just thinking too much out there. You know. Just yeah. you can see him just agonizing. You know. He's just. He's just he can't put it together. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But back to Eric Lamella. I mean, so Eric Lamella is. Just, he's too important to that team, and yeah. they need. They need to become better. Just so they can push him down the pecking order. If he's. If he's an option. That doesn't need to play every week, or he's a player who is um, like more of like a release valve, you know. On the, on yeah. the right. does he play in the right? I guess he plays it. I mean, I'm, I, I'm actually so, I'm surprised that Sun isn't playing over Lamella. I agree. I agree. I mean, when the talk is uh, maybe we can bring in Berahino to be a replacement for Harry Kane if he gets injured, that to me is makes me agree with you that these guys aren't title contenders. Yeah, Berahino has fall fell off the map. It's hard to know how much of that's a the Tony Pulis thing. I do think I think Berahino and and Kane could play together. I mean, I, I basically I just think that like anyone can play with Kane though. I mean, I, I cannot believe what a what a versatile player he is. He does seem like a great teammate too. He's like he's playing like this season. He's playing like mid career Wayne Rooney. I, I, know, <laughs> I know he's not scoring. I mean, he's not like he's not as. He's not as talented of a striker as Wayne Rooney was at his best, but yeah. his ability to move from. The center of the attack, all the way back to the defense. You know, win the ball, start the attack. You know, go. I mean, just he's all over the pitch, and he's a really complete player. He's much better than I thought he was. Right, uh, right, right. going into going into the season. Right. All right, so let's round out game week nineteen. We had a nil-nil draw with United and Chelsea uh, that was thrillless, and then another nil-nil draw with Leicester and Man City. We kind of touched upon this match. This was a like classic, completely disappointing Man City performance. I mean, all of uh, all of the fantasy assets failed to perform. Even Kolarov, though he got a clean sheet, ends up with a yellow card. Uh, De Bruyne gets a yellow card as well. They look totally listless. Classic Yaya Torre, completely invisible in the middle of the park. A, a performance that tells you exactly why Manchester City is not going to challenge in the Champions League anytime soon. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they they could still win the league this year, but it's hard, it's hard to see them playing, uh, uh, you know, Real Madrid or yeah, or, or you know, Bayern Munich or something, and, and winning that match. But of course, I mean, the Yaya, narrative- Yaya Torre is so infuriating, right? I mean, God. They, 
Yeah, I mean, it's well, like, let's just talk. Let's just talk about game, then game game week twenty, uh, where they go two one against Watford. They pull it out at the end, and again, yeah, Yaya Torre completely absent for the entire game, and nonchalantly scores a wild volley on a corner kick to bring the team back into it. And suddenly he thinks he's he's <laughs> a saint in Manchester. You know, he, he is a, he is truly undervalued as a fantasy asset. I mean, he, like, it's talk about differential. I mean, I know that his ownership can't be that low because Man City is a popular enough club and he's a famous Seven, 17.1% ownership, yeah. which is pretty I mean, high. Which is, which is actually pretty high. Uh, but if you look at his his returns the last uh, four five game weeks, uh, seven, nine, nine, three, nine. Um, so, you know, he's... he's I don't know. I mean, you can't say that he's in good form if you watch him play because he's, you know, he's kind of all over the place in terms of what he's, uh, but he is, he is delivering. You yeah. Know? But if you want to save money and drop KDB, uh, clearly over the last few weeks, you would have done better. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. And, um, I mean, even someone like me, you know, I, I actually, you know, I, oh, no, I, I can't quite afford him, uh, with, uh, I, I can't quite bring Delphio in for, or bring Yaya. The, you know, the problem is Yaya, his, his reputation precedes him. So he uh-huh. is at... 8.7. He's, he's, he's still at 8.7. He's pretty expensive uh, given his lack of performance on the season. I mean, six goals and four assists, which, which isn't terrible exactly. I mean, it's not like he's playing as a striker most... You know, he's not playing that far forward a lot of the time, but... Pull, pull, uh, up, his, know, pull up his profile picture in the fantasy game. He's giving that knowing look of like, yeah, you know I'm a jerk. You know it. <laughs> I mean, he scores two goals in the first game week, and I mean, I think, I think his ownership percentage is i i wonder how many of that is like how many like we, we should go to the fantasy football yeah by the way someone was touting or recommending that we use fantasy football fix more often on, on the twitter feed and it, it is true it's a really it's a really useful site but you can also pick out dead teams on there and i i'd be curious uh how many because yaya is such a strong start of the season that i think a lot of teams a lot of people picked him up right um, but you know I, I don't know how many people have brought him in the last i mean his I guess they've been bringing him in a little bit more the last the last three game weeks, but but you know in game week fourteen thirty five thousand people transfer him out, game week fifteen ninety three thousand people transfer him out, game week sixteen thirty thousand more. So he lost you know one hundred and fifty thousand people uh, in the last uh, you know six game weeks. Yeah. So um, yeah. So anyway, the point is he's yeah probably a little undervalued at eight point seven million. The big headline from this game, though, is Sergio Aguero finally scores a goal and all of Twitter explodes with, when do we get him in? After Twitter was basically tearing him, tearing him down for 85 minutes or thereabouts. Well, let's, I mean, let's, let's get right into it. I mean, this is a question that, uh, you know, FPL Jr. said, is it, is it time for Kuhn? What do you think? (laughs) And then Chris, Chris, I guess, okay, so. Well, well, I'm going to bundle this with another question because we're not okay. talking about it. Uh, Chris Morin said, uh, is, Aguero essentially, is Aguero essential as a Vardy replacement? Right? So this is assuming that you need to replace Vardy. Do you want to bring in Aguero? Okay. Uh, if your other strikers are Kane and Lukaku, uh, is it worth a minus eight? So this is what you're talking about. Yeah. Or alt- alternatively, get a Gallo. So um, this is something we've, we've already kind of touched on a little bit in the podcast. I... I still don't think he's essential. Uh, I mean, what do you think? It's, no, it was a very he's, good goal. Very good goal. It was a very good goal, and he's clearly very hungry out there on the field. He's the opposite of what we were saying about Yaya Torre. Even when the chips are down, Aguero is – he has that Luis Suarez quality, not to that level of I'll live or die, whether we win or lose. Let um, me ask you this, Brandon. If – 
if he doesn't score that goal in the 87th minute, are you transferring him out for Hurricane this game week? Ay, ay, ay. I don't know. I, I just had such a long road with Aguero, and I feel like I've sort of staked a lot on keeping him in my squad and waiting it out. Because, I mean, since you, <laughs> since you brought him in at game week 14, uh, he has scored <laughs> After two that points. goal against Liverpool. Two points, zero points, zero points, two points, zero points, two points, nine points. Uh, I probably wouldn't ship him out. I've managed to not uh, feel that too much because my midfield has been performing well enough to keep me keep me in the mix. And uh-huh. given the fact that there are so many budget options out there, my team is pretty free to let 13 million sit on the bench for a few weeks. I mean, it it could sound ridiculous to say, and and it does sound ridiculous to say, but you're not completely reworking your team to get Aguero in at this point. And I really haven't had a major issue waiting for him to turn on. And and the the issue is, the issue is, is he, is he turning on? I mean, he, he has a striker, strikers score goals, right? This is, like yeah. you know, yeah. like if you if you don't like you know even even uh, Pele is capable of a nine point game every now and then you know I mean yeah this is not a it, magic moment where Aguero scores a goal and the black and white world turns into to Technicolor yeah I mean so in order to in order to to move Vardy to Aguero you need to free about six million um, and which which most people won't be able to do already, right? I mean, you have to, you, right. you're probably, it's probably going to take two transfers. Um, and you also have to decide whether he is better than all of the other alternatives. So, yeah. you know, in this case, he says, um, you know, um, Chris Morton says, you know, his other circuits are Kane and Lukaku. Um, and I guess Kane, Lukaku, and Aguero could be kind of the new template. But, I mean, is there anyone else? Who, I mean, you know, Brandon, you mentioned Andy Carroll earlier as, as someone you're really... Seriously Andy Carroll or, or, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Andy Carroll or Boyan, definitely two guys that uh, can can meet the returns of Sergio Aguero. <laughs> Anthony Martial is coming into form a little bit. He's kind of an interesting option. Uh, he is. Or, or Mo, or Mo Bacani. Scoring or, a couple. <laughs> Big yeah, Mo. Deo Mercy, Mo Bacani. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I... I I think a Gallo is still the move I would be making right now if I were taking out uh, Jamie Vardy. Yeah, uh, there's there's no way you want to burn eight points. I mean, he's uh, Aguero is not yet in scorching form, so to lose eight points on a guy who, at law of averages, would say will maybe get you five points next week. I mean, it's just like the guy has a like a history of terrible muscle injuries and. Uh, we're about to enter into the coldest months of the year, and they have a bunch of Champions League matches coming up. I mean, and their fixtures are okay, but not fantastic. I mean, I'm, I, you know, obviously, I can understand. I can understand the compulsion to bring him in. I'm not feeling that very strongly at the moment. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I still feel like I. It's not that I. I, I feel oh, actually okay with my strike force of Vardy, Lukaku, and Kane. I mean, it's it's, it's not like it's that far from the template. Yeah. Um, if I were to bring out Vardy, I think I would bring in Agallo. And, um, I mean, maybe I'd look at Giroud, although I don't like uh, the next few fixtures for Arsenal. Um, I think they're, 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 they're just okay. Yeah. Um, they're, uh, let's see, they're, they're away to Liverpool, away to Stoke, home to Chelsea. Um, they get a little better uh, starting in, in game week 24. So I, I really might just write it out with Jamie Vardy for the next three game weeks and then, and yeah. then kind of figure out. Because, so they're, 
they're away to Tottenham this game week, which isn't a great fixture. Uh, but then they're away to Aston Villa, and they're home to Stoke. And I could see him scoring in both those matches. The way I'm viewing Aguero right now is as a differential. And I'm hoping there are a lot of managers out there like you who remain unconvinced and Aguero is actually able to meet the expectations. And that is a a big differential for those of us who have ridden it out with him and have him in our team. And I would say if, if you have the funds to bring him in without taking a point hit, or if you're interested in playing your wild card, go for it. Definitely go for it. I do understand your logic. I mean, in a season where a lot of lower priced options are delivering, you do have the money to, to almost see bringing in Aguero as like taking a punt, right? Because it's, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you may have to make two transfers, but it's not like you have to totally rearrange your team the way you might in a in a you know different different kind of year. Um, so I, I, I do see that, and uh, certainly um, I'd be a little nervous uh, into this. I mean, I, I, okay, let me let me put it this way: if he scores like two goals at home to Everton, I'm definitely going to be looking at bringing in Sergio Aguero. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I guess we'll just we'll see how this uh, how how this shakes out. I mean, I thought he looked a little tentative in that Watford match. To be honest, he looked pretty good in the first half. Uh, I thought he was really he was on the ball a little too much. You know, he isn't he wasn't. Uh, you know, when Sergio Aguero is in really good form, he basically it's like one touch, right? It's like yep. anywhere he is in the pitch, it's like one yep. touch, and he, he can score. Um, and uh, I thought he was he was he was a little tentative just in terms of you know getting his feet set and not quite wanting to make a decision. And you know he probably could have scored a couple of goals early in that Watford match and didn't. And then he was really a non-factor in the second half until the 85th minute when he scores that really uh, you know well-placed header and. Um, I don't know. I'd so, say I, I chalk that a lot up to the Man City midfield, which is really not doing it right now. He was yeah. getting zero service. Um, and David Silva is really the key here. Yeah. That's the partnership that really allows Aguero to score as many goals as he wants to. And yeah, the reason he was a non-factor, I didn't think he looked terrible on the ball. I really didn't. I just think he wasn't getting the proper service and he wasn't getting it consistently. His runs weren't yeah. being rewarded. I thought he uh, had some more opportunities, and I, I thought he, I thought he was a little uh, a little profligate in the first half. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so I, I guess it's an inconclusive response. I, I you, you know, or I, maybe we could just say it's more of a mixed response, and that you you're on board with the Aguero thing, and I'm I'm sort of uh, I'm still on the fence a little bit. Right. Right. So game week 20 saw a terrible result for all of us Ozil owners. So it was like close to 37 or 40% of all active managers captained Mesut Ozil against at home to Newcastle. Right. It it turned out it didn't matter, though. It didn't matter. Well, yeah, because nobody uh, was a worthy captain choice. Unless you captained Lukaku and you got an assist, that's like the best case scenario this week. Pretty much. I mean, did you did you ever think about captain? I mean, I guess you could, given his form, you couldn't captain Aguero when Mesodolza was at home to to Newcastle, right? No, absolutely not. I had taken a chance on Aguero um, the previous. Was it? Did I captain him against Leicester? You you did. I did. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I took a chance there, and I got burned. So not again. And I just decided to go with the crowd in game week twenty. And Oz again. Aaron Ramsey totally screwed Ozil out of an assist because he can't <laughs> finish. Blasted it like into the stratosphere. 
Yeah, when I think didn't didn't um, I think Joel Campbell was wide open, like right next to him, basically, and had a tap in. Uh-huh. And yeah, Ramsey. Uh, God, talk about a player who uh, you know. Looking at the the stats, I mean, all like the um, the sort of the, you know, the influence and um, you know creativity, threat, all those things. I mean, uh, he was like right up there at the top of all those charts, and uh, it just did not happen for him uh, over the holiday fixtures. I mean, just a. Really, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, a, a little bit like Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think, sometimes. And he really um, – he's very conscious of wanting to score more, you know. I mean, it, it seems like it's really – you know, he's really trying to score more goals. And uh, yeah. I just wonder how much of that's sort of taking him out of the match or something. I don't know. It's – yeah, I mean, no goals and no assists in the last four game weeks after, um, you know, those two two big game weeks in a row. Oh, uh, what about – so how are you feeling about Theo Walcott? Uh, we, we bigged up him in our festive – period uh, predictions we had both picked him you in game week 19 me in game week 20 to uh, be our team captain <laughs> and he he did zip yeah it was uh kind of old school old school theo walcott yeah, yeah. just uh, yep did not not happen very disappointing yeah. yeah um yeah i don't know what to say really other than that uh it was a huge bummer and uh kind of shocking really i uh, I, I did i just did not expect him to play so poorly um, I mean, he really just couldn't finish at all. And, um, I mean, he spent like the whole game with his hands on his head because he missed another opportunity from Mesut Ozil. Um, I mean, I get, you know, I don't know. I guess he'd probably stay for this Liverpool match because I, I don't, um, I have other places that I'm trying to shore up first. Uh, but he yeah. won't be on my team for much longer, that's for sure. Right, right. I will say this a lot of the teams that look good, a lot of the FPL teams that look good over the break, um, had doubled up on Arsenal defense. I saw a lot of uh, teams in our private league who have check and goal and Bellerin out wide. Yeah, that would have been a smart move. Um, I, I I brought in Bellerin, which worked out pretty well. I picked up a uh, one bonus point and uh, two clean sheets. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and then and then one zero away to Southampton, which I was not, <laughs> not expecting. Uh, yeah, it was. So that one, I ended up with one more point than I would have. I, I was really debating between him and Dan. Scott, he and Scott Dan were the two players that I was really going back and forth. And I, uh, Cresswell was was tempting too, um, but I just didn't trust that um, that West Ham team enough. I mean, Cresswell would have been the player to bring in in the end. Yeah. Um, even, even though he he actually missed one game, but he picked up ten in game week eighteen and nine in game week twenty. So he yeah, who would have who would have thought? Yeah, so exactly. Especially against Liverpool, um, we had talked about him as an option actually in the podcast, but um, of yeah, but he was kind of yeah, he was yeah, right. We always we talk about everybody, uh, but he was you know so he was another option. But in the end, it came down to Dan and uh, Bellerin. It was it was kind of a wash. I mean, I picked up one more point with Bellerin, um, and uh, Bellerin's. I mean, he's a you know I feel better about having him for the long run too, uh, even though the fixtures aren't great um, because. You know, he just he gets forward so much that there's always right. a little bit of a goal and assist assist uh, from him. And Koscielny will get a red card at some point this season. It's guaranteed. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Koscielny, you know, he did pick up 15 points. Uh, you know, which uh, you know, I, I did kind of think about him, but honestly, you know, he picked up uh, zero points in the first game week and didn't play in the second game week, and uh, and got kind of a wild goal, right? I mean, it was sort of. From Ozil to Giroud's head to Koscielny's foot, and the whole thing took place in about like a second and a half. <laughs> right? I mean, it was a kind of a rapid fire goal. It was like what? Like a goal? It was like in a, a spy film where somebody busts into like the back kitchen of a restaurant and fires a gun, and the bullet ricochets off of all the pots and pans. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. I mean, just the right place, at the right time. I mean, to, to his credit, right? But yeah, it was yeah. Uh, kind of kind of a weird one. 
Okay, so one big knee jerk, one big knee jerk from Game Week Twenty was Sergio Aguero. The other big knee jerk is Chelsea, who they demolished Crystal Palace three zero, and now all the talk is, um, who are the Chelsea differentials? Are we bringing in Diego Costa? Yeah, and uh, that's a question that we got on Twitter too. Are, 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 is the Chelsea defense worth investing more specifically? So, uh, but yeah, Chelsea more broadly. Uh, I don't know. I mean. Maybe. I mean, you know, it's funny. I hadn't even thought of it. We haven't talked about Costa once in this episode. Um, I would like for him to become more. I mean, his price makes him pretty difficult to own, um, yeah. I will say. You know, he's still at $10.7 million. Um, But, you know, I mean, he has— um, I mean, what's this, this season, what this season needs is a couple game changers, like Aguero to pick up yeah. for him and for Costa to pick up for him and to have us make some real hard decisions. So he didn't play. He he got a uh, the really dumb yellow card ban because I think got the, the yellow card like at the very end of that uh, that Watford match. And they actually would have reset yep. for the next match. Yep. Uh, but he picked up uh, yellow cards, so couldn't play away to Man United. Uh, so in the last two matches that he's played, he's played ninety minutes both matches. Picked up three goals and one assist for a total of twenty two points. Um, so you know, I mean, he's definitely someone to consider. As an alternative to Sergio Aguero, and if you're looking, I mean, I guess it's someone that I really should be, someone like me should be looking at, just trying to make up some ground. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like really. Uh, My one concern is that Chelsea was. I thought of bringing him in. I, I would be, I'd be nerve wracked as well because I think that Crystal Palace flattered Chelsea a lot in this match. I think they looked terrible, and Chelsea had all the room that they needed to, to, to form an attack. And I'll be curious to see, you definitely, definitely have to sit it out one more week. I mean, they're going up against a tough Tony Pulis side in West Brom in game week 21. Granted, they are at the bridge, but I'm not convinced. It seems like Willian would be the player to look, you know, actually that, that may, may be my, my move this game week. I mean, everyone's talking about Payet, but you know, Willian, uh, you know, home to West Brom, home to an Everton team that is, um, I mean, I can't remember the last time Everton kept a clean, or actually, no, Everton kept a clean sheet just two weeks ago against Newcastle. But in general, Everton is not keeping a lot of clean sheets. And I think, um, so, I mean, Willian is 7.1 million. Um, only one goal, actually, in the last, uh, let's see, one goal in the last 11 game weeks. It feels like he's been scoring more. He actually hasn't been, but he's been picking up yeah. assists the whole time. Picked up well, four, it, it's- four assists in the last four game weeks. He's like a cheap Mesut Ozil, and if this Chelsea team does take on form, uh, Willian could be up there with Ozil in terms of uh, being the assist provider and getting guaranteed points, attacking points every game. Yeah, three goals, six assists, uh, and uh, nine bonus points in the season so far. Uh, fixtures, uh, really pretty, pretty. I mean, you know, not not. It's not an amazing run, but but home to home to West Brom, home to Everton. Uh, away to Arsenal, uh, away to Watford, home to Man U, and home to Newcastle. I mean, you could definitely see some some goals in uh, at least you know what five out of six of those fixtures. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Are you are you thinking about William? I mean, what are what are your thoughts on Chelsea? Uh, no, I'm not thinking about Chelsea at all. I mean, the even the defense is not terribly tempting to me. I I mean, I, I feel like I said my piece. Uh, many weeks ago when we had the Hazard discussion and Chelsea Chelsea still haven't shown enough to me to justify what I think are assets that are too expensive at this point. Yeah. They're they're playing uh like 
the way they play reflects the position that they are on the table and they're too unpredictable. No, I'm not interested. I, I, I do agree that Willian would be the one if you bring in any. Yeah, but, I think but, I think I think William. I think Costa's too expensive. I think um, Aspilicueta is. I mean, I know Zuma was kind of the the player du jour, but Aspilicueta is only only point three million more, and um, probably a better bonus point threat. Or, oh, without or a doubt, point, uh, option. I would go uh, Dave every time. Dave over yeah. Zuma every time. Picked up, picked up uh, three bonus points uh, in that Man United match, uh, and then picked up another one in the Crystal Palace match, uh, and those were both fairly tricky fixtures, and you know clean sheets in both. Uh, so I, I, I mean, you could see clean sheets in the next two game weeks. I mean, I, I do think that uh, I think Aspel got a five point seven million is interesting option. Um, that would be if I if I had the luxury of replacing Virgil Van Dyke this game week, uh, which I which I really don't because I think I, I really got to get rid of uh, Delafeo. Uh, I think that as Van Dyke to Aspel Quetta would be an interesting option, assuming that I didn't just like you know go with my brain and uh, pick up uh, Elder Elder Wild. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. I think that's probably the most enticing asset. Well, a guy who had a fantastic game against Crystal Palace is John Obi Mikel, who somehow found himself back in the starting lineup. So John Obi Mikel, like he will never be in anyone's fantasy team ever. despite him being a good player now okay i have a question for you josh he's been at chelsea since 2006 Mm -hmm. how many goals has he scored in his nine-year tenure at the club it's 2006 uh two (laughs) close he's he scored one goal one goal wow (laughs) they don't tell you he's he scores a fair amount too for his his club is, is he nigerian is yes that, is that yes right? spot on he, yeah uh, i mean he scored a, a, much according more forward to, i think well if if scoring four goals for his country of nigeria is a lot and it is a lot compared to one goal for chelsea <laughs> then you are right I, he is <laughs> prolific i think that i think he had a little run there where he scored like two goals in three matches or something like that maybe it was in the world cup this year yeah all right brandon so let's get to uh our Twitter question. We actually we've we've hit every other question over the course of the podcast. <laughs> so that, this is one. this is our this is our featured Twitter question. That's right. So it's a, and it's actually it's a twofer anyway. So this is this comes from Tom Butcher, uh, Tom B nineteen eighty, who says, uh, "Okay, so uh, what are your thoughts on defenders to bring in? I like attacking fullbacks with Bertrand, Kolarov, Bellerin, Baines, but struggling. So I, we, I think we've really already we've covered this pretty thoroughly earlier on in the podcast, uh, but I think that." Um, if you wanted an attacking fullback, I actually I, I do think that uh, that uh, Dave might be your guy. I don't know. I, I mean, mean Danny, Danny Rose isn't playing enough right now. Is the problem? He's not a consistent. If you want those attacking fullbacks, I guess Kyle Walker uh, is an option. Uh, he, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge Kyle Walker fan as a as a as a football player, but um, given the fixtures that are coming out for Leicester or for, for Tottenham, uh, you know, home to Leicester, home to Sunderland, away to Crystal Palace, he, you know, he's only five point two million too, so he's kind he's, of interesting. He, he's a cheap, he's a cheap way. He's uh, about the same price, if not point one cheaper than Eric Dyer. So he's a cheap way into that Spurs back line, and right. he does get forward. Um, but what about Glenn Johnson? I mean, I'm just newly on the Glenn Johnson train. Uh, I'm finding it feeling uh, good. I'm feeling good. I haven't gotten any points from him yet, but um, that Stoke team we've talked about their uh, ability to get clean sheets out of nothing is pretty incredible. 
What about Aaron Cresswell? That's another interesting option. Five, yeah. five, five point five million. Uh, picked up a you know goal and picked up one one goal and five bonus points. And and you know, it's one goal, one clean sheet, five bonus points in the last two game weeks. Uh, actually, well, well, I should say the last two game weeks he's played. He was out injured for the middle game week, uh, and then three clean sheets in a row before that. Yeah. So I, I think he yeah, and at five point five million, uh, very affordable. Definitely gets forward, can score and pick up assists. Has a goal, one goal and three assists in the season. Uh, I think he might be uh, a player to look at. And the fixtures for West Ham are really quite good over the next, um, really like the next seven game weeks or so. Uh, they're pretty solid. I mean, they have they have one one tough match at home to Man City, and then the rest of the matches are all pretty winnable. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you're out there wild carding and you're looking at must have teams to get defenders from, it's got to be West Brom, Stoke, Arsenal, and um, Spurs. Spurs, right? Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. Maybe, maybe Man United. I don't know. It's oh, kind of depends true. on what they do in January. True. Well, uh, where you don't where you don't get your defender, that's where you fill in in your goalkeeper, right? And De Gea, um, who I have in my goal right now, seems like uh, the best bet for United. Yep, agreed. Okay, this is actually this is a, this is a good last question with people wildcarding. All right, so he says, wildcard time. Who are the tr- – this is Tom Butcher again. Who are the true must-haves to keep? And then he lists uh, Kolarov, Bellerin, Mahrez, Ozil, Vardy, Lukaku, etc. Right. Uh, so, okay, who do we th- – oh, let's, let's make this a little easier on ourselves. Let's just let's – just Tr- let's, let's pick absolute must-haves. So okay. looking at, looking at your team, um, and uh, you know, because someone like someone like Kane, someone like Aguero, De Bruyne, these are not absolute must-haves. What, what what players, if you were starting from scratch right now, would you consider to be absolute must-haves? Meza Ozil. Okay. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Hector Bellerin. Okay. What about Riyad Mahrez? Uh. God, I mean, it's the Lester. The Lester question right now is probably the biggest uh, question in the game. Particularly, one, to be fair, he's one missed penalty away from another double figure game week. I know, and I know that's a big but. But still, yeah. I mean, he, uh, if he if he makes that penalty, then he's probably on for for the goal and three bonus points. And yep. if it's a one nothing game, it's that's an eleven point game week for him. Yep, uh, which would be his. Uh, and again, this is like a big, it's a, you know, this big qualifier here. But still, that would have been his uh, fourth double figure double figure haul in the last six game weeks. Okay, so here are my five must haves: Ozil, Mares, Bellerin, Lukaku, Igalo. I think I, I don't know. Yeah, Igalo. <laughs> yeah. What about what about in goal? What do you think about Peter Cech? I guess you don't. That, that requires you to double up on Arsenal, which maybe you don't want to do. Yeah, I suppose then it's it's a it's an either or, either Peter Cech or Hector Bellerin. It would have been so fun to have Peter Cech at the beginning of the season. Like did I just, did, like, I had him, and I can tell oh, you oh, what you it was. It was no fun at all. <laughs> it was no fun. When did you get rid of him? Because I, I see eleven, six, and seven in game weeks three, four, and five. Did you get rid of him like super early, like before your game week three wild card? Uh yeah, I got rid of him. I mean, he looked so garbage against West Ham in that um in that first game. So I dropped him. Who did I it? guess? Yeah, during the wild I, card, I, I I I wild carded him out of my out of my team right before he picked up nine clean sheets and yeah, 
17. Yeah, classic, yeah. classic. Yep. <laughs> uh, we've all been there. Yeah. Uh, so I, he would be a fun player to have. I, like, just I, you just feel so safe with him. You know, like so many, so many, so many saves. Uh, even picks. He's you know, picked up six bonus points in the season, or five bonus points in the season. Uh, yeah, but I guess of of the defenders, I guess Bellerin would be the one I'd want to. Right. Uh, especially with Debushi leaving uh, in January. All right, I think he's going to go on loan to uh, West Brom, which is kind of interesting. That is interesting. Like, that is interesting. All right. So, well, I, I, think, well, well, I think I'm what with about you. you? Yeah, yeah I, okay. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think. Even uh, a Gallo? A Gallo, you would say, is a must have? Gallo is a tricky one. Uh, even Lukaku, I think, is. I mean, given what he's done so far, yes, but their, their fixtures are getting a little bit worse. I mean, you needed him for that great run. Um, I guess, I mean, if Lukaku isn't a must-own, I don't know who is, right? Because, I mean, the guy just delivers basically every game week. Yeah. You know, is, he, is, he the, is he the top overall points leader? I think he's pretty close. No, he's behind Mares, but you wouldn't know it given the way people talk about these teams over the course of the season. But yeah. Lukaku has actually scored four more points than Mesut Ozil over the course of the season. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and he's still only nine point three million. I guess yeah, he he is basically essential. He um, scored fifteen goals and five assists in the season. Uh, he's having the kind of season that Sergio Aguero used to have, and uh, it's amazing that we're not just captain in Lukaku every game week. That like yeah. it's, it's the sort of thing where we're like, well, maybe I'll do a Gallo. I don't know. You know, I mean, the guy is he scored he scored in what four? He scored seven. Uh, nine of seven matches picked up an assist, even you know the game he didn't score. So yeah, he's, I don't know. He's gone a long way in repairing his reputation for being a classic FPL troll. So, yeah, <laughs> good for you, Ramalu. All right, so I think we should wrap it up. Let's save a little in the tank. Uh, I think I have some left in the tank for our uh, our optimizer pod for game week twenty one, which will go up uh, late this weekend. So, um, are you going to be ready for that, Josh? I think so. I, I I do think I kind of picked up some laryngitis over the course of this episode. This is a, this got a little long. This one it a little it ticked on a little bit. We had a lot to cover. Listen, we we missed three game weeks, so we want to keep true. everybody up to speed uh, with our incisive commentary. That's true. Hey, a, a quick a quick plug before we sign off. I wanted to mention. Speaking of the. Uh, the compelling Leicester City Manchester City match. You can actually hear me talking about this match on a podcast called The Big Game, hosted by our friend Justin Hargett. And you can check that out at The Big Game Pod, where uh, Justin does a weekly show about whatever the big game is of the week. We've mentioned his pod before on the show. That's true. And I've been on to talk about uh, Michigan State football before. And tennis, right? And, and tennis, yeah. I'm a big tennis fan. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, shout out to Justin and the Big Game Pod. Um, also remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, basically anywhere you can get podcasts. Feel free to leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. You can find more information at alwayscheating.com. All right, Brandon. Good talking to you, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, hail cheaters. Hail Poku. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.